We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. Jason, we just watched the Bulls lose an overtime thriller, 116-115 to the Phoenix Suns. It was a game the Bulls appeared to be getting run out of the gym during to start the game. They were down 22-4. to Then, Jason, Alex Caruso entered, and the entire game changed. This game, really, it was a lot of things, but it it turned into a Kevin Durant versus Alex Caruso showdown. And for much of that matchup, it felt like Caruso had the upper hand. This was a game the Suns were playing without Devin Booker. It was the first game of the Bradley Beal experience in Phoenix, and he was on a minutes restriction. He only ended up playing 24 minutes. So it turned into KD and the Scrubs, the new look Phoenix bench, which, wow, we'll talk more about that. But if this is supposed to be a title contender, Jason, they certainly don't seem to have the bench pieces necessary and the depth necessary to pursue such a lofty goal uh, versus a Bulls team where, you know, they were fighting. They were staying in it. Uh, It was a night where DeRozan, Vooch and Levine each scored 22 points or more. Uh, It was a night where the Bulls were on fire from three-point range, hit 42.4% of their threes, yet somehow still got outscored by uh, (laughs) 15 points from behind the line. And it was an entertaining game, but won the Bulls lose in overtime. So Bulls lose, they fall to three and six on the season. Uh, Since our last podcast, Jason, I was in the building for the first game of the in-season tournament, saw the Bulls lose to the Nets. Terrible loss. Incredibly dumb, frustrating, stupid game that showed a lot of the reasons this team is uh, just like sub-mediocre. And then the Bulls also pulled together a nice win against the Jazz on Monday night. So uh, three and six overall right now. Jace, this Suns game... While, like, you know, from one angle, you could applaud the Bulls' effort, the effort they showed to fight their way back into the game after such a poor start and to force overtime. Uh, The post-game show on NBC Sports was doing quite a bit of that. But also, Jason, like, this is a game that a good team wins no matter what. The Suns were missing Devin Booker, who's a top-ten player. You had uh, Beal, you know, just play his first game, and... He didn't play that much. He did not look good. It wasn't that effective. Yeah. And Phoenix role players are just garbage. I mean, Eric Gordon finished (laughs) one of nine from the field, 0 of 8 from three. He was a minus 16. Eric Gordon played one of the worst games I've ever seen. He must have gotten the Chicago flu. I mean, he was off. He like there were times I feel like the Suns were trying to pull away, and then Eric Gordon would brick a three, and then like Yuchin Watanabe would throw the ball right to a Bulls player. The Bulls bench or the the Suns bench was so bad. The the only the the one Suns like role play, I guess Nurkic did have the game winner. 
But we did have to watch Grayson Allen hit eight Ugh. fucking three pointers on us. Eight goddamn career high eight three pointers. If there was like one Suns role guy who like had a consistently strong game, it was Grayson Allen, who had 26 points, nine rebounds, four assists, eight of 13 from three. Disco- absolutely, as you said, disgusting. Uh, this was just such like a, a bizarre. It was a very entertaining game. And like with Booker out, I was actually kind of feeling somewhat optimistic because the Booker has just absolutely fucking murdered the Bulls the last few years. I think they showed his stats like against the Bulls in the last couple of years, like before the game. And it was like 40 points a game, like shooting 60%. Booker has just annihilated them. So with him out, even with Beal coming back, like Beal with a back injury and like Beal, I feel like at this point is just not that good. A few years ago, he was really good. I don't know how good Bradley Beal is anymore. First game back, he did not look that good. He had a few open threes. Besides that, he couldn't do anything inside the arc. He couldn't do anything. He had no juice off the dribble. Like when he was dribbling into into traffic, he was th- he threw the ball away just like sh- several times. He did not hit a single two point shot. So like Beal had no juice besides hitting a few open threes today. So like it was basically KD, like you said, and the bums. And Alex Caruso, I I feel like I don't want to say he won the KD matchup because KD did end up with twenty five nine assists and six rebounds, and KD was finding guys a lot a lot of guys for open shots but KD also had six turnovers he also did like nothing down the stretch almost nothing the the, the Suns entire offense down the stretch was basically they were trying to post KD up on Caruso and Caruso was just not having it this was a absolute master class Caruso game so it was a shame that the Bulls lost it and that you said like you said a good team would have won this game they absolutely should have won this game the Suns went I believe it was like eight minutes without a field goal from like the three to four, like the latter part of the fourth quarter into overtime. They went some, I can't, I don't have the exact number. It was something like eight minutes without a field goal. They hit some free throws, but uh, I think they scored no points for the last like three and a half minutes of the fourth quarter. It was literally every time down, it was, they try to post up KD and Caruso and either like it would be a turnover or he would whatever pass to like Nurkic in the high post and they'd pass it to one of their other bums and they'd blow it and they'd screw it up. Uh, because that's usually what bums do in crunch time. But the Bulls also just screwed up in crunch time plenty. Zach Levine had an awful fourth. He, Zach Levine, huge third quarter. He had 15 points in the third quarter. He had zero points in the fourth quarter and overtime. Several times driving to the basket, just losing the ball. Uh, and that kind of happened in the Nets game too. Zach had an awful crunch time against the Nets. Both ends of the court, he got beat defensively and also just had some rough plays offensively. So like, the Zach Levine crunch time experience, again, proving to be not very good. Uh, we did see DeMar had to have some clutch points today, but he also, uh, they went to him for the win in overtime and he missed very badly. Caruso was right there for the putback. I, I was, when I, I went out to the, uh, to watch the game with a friend, uh, just at the bar today, and I was like, they're going to, the Bulls are probably going to somehow win this game because like Caruso is going to get fouled on an offensive putback and he's going to make two free throws. That's going to how, how they're going to win. That almost happened. Caruso got behind KD uh, and he had the ball in his hands when DeRozan missed. It just kind of bounced off. And then the Bulls still had one last chance there too after Nurkic missed a free throw and then intentionally missed and the Bulls still got it back. And Zach had like a decent look to tap it in. I think Caruso threw it over his head. So they ended up obviously losing by one point, but. Uh, this was just a wild, absolutely wild game. And it was, it was very entertaining. It looked like they were going to blown out. As you said, like the start of the game, the bulls had no plan defensively. They were getting picked apart, giving up open threes, open layups, basically every possession down. They were down. I think it was yeah, 22 to four. I think it might've been 24 to six at one point. Uh, and then Caruso came in, hits like three straight threes, got him back in the game. Defense starts locking down the sun's awful bench. Couldn't do anything. Eric Gordon, like I said, had one of the worst games I've ever seen. Uh, o of eight from three, multiple turnovers, minus sixteen, just a total, total no show. But so, like, I don't want to be like, I'm not gonna say I'm like upset about this loss, but it probably was a game the Bulls should have won. And like, it's just another reason why like this team just isn't going anywhere. Like, a, like you said, an actual good team should find a way to win this game against a Suns team that's just very mid right now. Without without Devin Booker. You can just see the big flaws on the Suns team. KD can't really go get shots for himself, like effective or efficient shots for himself. Like we know KD can still hit mid-range shots, tough mid-range shots. He can still do that. He can still rise up and shoot over guys. But like, again, their whole offense was like trying to post up KD down the stretch and it was going nowhere. They had no rim pressure. And that's where like they totally missed Booker. Booker can get, can get into the paint. He can find guys for open shots. And the stuff they were they were running without him was just fucking terrible. And like Beal was offering offering nothing. So like the Suns team is not that good without Booker. And 
the Bulls played decently well throughout the game after that rough start. They just were not able to execute enough. And in the overtime, the Bulls went up, what, four? I think they went up four points. What was I'm going to pull it up right now. In the OT, it looked like they kind of had the game. Uh, yeah, Caruso made a three. He bit, Caruso banked that three. He steals. Caruso, I think, stole, like, stoned KD in the post, gets a steal, banks in a three. Bulls are up four with two, man, two and a half minutes left. Bulls only scored two points the rest of the game. Um, uh, that was on a DeRozan jumper, but you had a Kobe turnover. Vooch missed a three. Uh I think Kobe uh, and Kobe missed another three. Vooch turned it over in the post. They tried, they tried to feed Vooch in the post. I think on one of those last possessions, just got it totally stolen from him. Nurkic poked it away from him when they tried to pass it. And then Nurkic got the game winning little fucking garbage shot that he threw up. Uh, so again, just like not enough offensive execution down the stretch. They like defensively, they did pretty well. Uh, but again, just another close game that they probably should have won. And they didn't kind of similar to the Nuts game. The Nuts game, they should have won. The Nuts team missing multiple starters, uh, missing Cam Johnson, missing Nick Claxton. Uh, I know like Cam Thomas has played well and like they still have Michael Bridges and all that. But like uh, that's a home game against the Nets. You should have won. This is a home game against the Suns team without Devin Booker. That's not very good. They should have won and you lose these games. And that's why you're three and six. I want to spend more time talking about Caruso because (laughs) let's establish this point up front. He's the Bulls' best player, right? He makes I mean, the biggest impact of anyone on the team. Who's that? I say, like, best Not player? Him. I don't know if he's, like, the best player, but, like, impact-wise, like, he has had two games where he literally, if they would have won this game, this game and then the Raptors game. Obviously, DeMar played a huge role in that Raptors game, too, but, like, they don't win that game without Caruso either. Like, Caruso, just, like, both ends of the court, like, singular masterclass performances He's had two of them already this year. Like he was like a plus 20 something in that Raptors game. He was a plus 24, 25 today, and he had 19 points today. Like Crusoe has had like two of the best probably performances you'll see all year off the bench in terms of overall impact for sure. He's absolutely phenomenal, Jace. This was just like you said, a, this was really like one of the best Crusoe performances you're ever going to see. And it sucks yeah. because the Bulls didn't win the game. So you don't even have anything to show for it. But he was incredible. And I just think, like, the Bulls are already so below mediocre. This is, this, it's not even <laughs> fair to call them mid because they're worse than mid. But imagine how much worse they would be without Caruso. Like, Caruso is the floor of this team. And if they ever trade him or if he gets hurt again, uh, I think the bottom is going to totally fall out of this team, Jason, because there are instances where Caruso just completely dominates the game and shuts off entire ends of the floor. So great in the fourth quarter of this one, Uh, early in the fourth quarter, he had a play where he like basically blew up a pick and roll by himself and uh, played between the two defenders, got a steal, saved the ball, picked it up, kicked it to Javon Carter, who pump faked, hit a three. Then he stonewalls KD on the last possession of regulation when it looked like the Suns were trying to get a switch to get Kobe on to KD. Caruso would not give up the switch, stayed in Durant's grill the entire time. Durant misses that shot. And then in overtime, uh, in one of the instances where Durant was trying to post him up, Caruso just, you know, picked off the entry pass. So uh, Caruso was legitimately insane. He was everywhere. His communication, you could hear it through the broadcast. Steph No got a good clip of him uh, calling out a play earlier in the game. And the guy is just, you know, he played 23 minutes a game last year and was first team all defense. Imagine how big your impact has to be to earn that type of honor with such little playing time. And uh, in this one tonight, 31 minutes, like you said, 19 points. If the, like, realistically, Jason, he should be the first player they should trade to start to tear this thing down because he has immediate His value. value is insane. There's, there should another, be another. So he's making like what? 10 or 11 million a yeah. year. I mean, he's a mid-level exception contract basically, which is like 10 million. He's got another year after this year and he can basically shut down any defensive position one through four. Uh, by the way, he's also hit about 36% of his three. He's so shooting really well. The start of this year. So uh, he can space the floor a little bit. So Caruso should be the first guy they should trade. Will they actually do that? 
No. Because if they do, the team is basically waving a white flag and tanking. Like, it would make the most sense to trade him because he's yeah. a very tradable piece and every top team could use him. He's a tradable piece on his contract. Uh, every top team could use him. But, man, if they did trade him, the team would be, like, bottom of the standings bad. Like, basically, <laughs> probably the third or fourth worst team in the league, it feels like. So, what do you think, Jason? Do the Bulls trade Caruso this year, and should the Bulls trade Caruso? I mean, they probably should trade him, which is like a shame because I would love to Alex Caruso to like play the rest of his career as a Chicago Bull. Like, it would be awesome if the Bulls were good and they could give Alex Caruso a good team to exploit or to whatever flaunt his wares. Uh, but like Alex Caruso deserves to be on a team that can actually win a basketball game that could actually win meaningful basketball games, uh, and any team. Should be so I, t- I tweeted this just before we came on here. Just like, and I just said this like, two of his, like, these two, the, this, this game tonight, this red and the Raptors game that him and DeMar basically single handedly won, like, two games off the bench where he's like plus 20 something and like everyone else is like, whatever. Like, it, it just like clearly just impact play for impact play, both ends of the court, uh, with hustle, with the defensive instincts with his smarts with his physicality just like totally blowing up plays as you mentioned like that's two games where as a bench player like where you're like he's adding that value like whatever if you want to talk about like war and stuff i feel like he's already like plus two or three like d- d- and the bulls are three and six and he's like been playing like this i know a couple of the games he hasn't been as good but like contenders any contender should be should want a guy like this for that like whatever for his contract so it's not like you have to like match like a huge contract for him the bulls should obviously be looking for major pick whatever draft capital there young player whatever one good young player a first round pick two first round picks and draft or in like whatever salary that's what he should be worth at this point he's he's just like that good defensively and like if he's hitting threes, like I feel like he's been will- he's a willing been a willing shooter so far this year. He's hitting threes at a pretty high rate so far. We'll see if that sticks, but like the way he's been playing right now, he's absolutely worth a shit ton on the trade market. So like if the Bulls are going to continue on this mid path, they absolutely should trade him and get a lot for him. And like I said, it's sad because like I would love I would love for him to stay on this team and like be a part of a good Bulls team, but I don't see where this good Bulls team is coming from. And just like, I mean, just like looking at like on off stats already this year, like all the on off stats like are trending towards like the bench AC, like drum, you know, even I mean, Drummond's played pretty well for whatever a backup center. I, Io like the top on court, like net rating guys right now. It's Io Drummond Caruso, the Bulls Caruso's played 212 minutes Bulls D rating in those 212 minutes is 106.6, which is like, that's like top of the league. Good off when he's off the court. The Bulls D rating 116. Like that's just a mon. That's already just like a, I know this. It's a relatively small sample size, but that's such a monster split. Like already, uh, and like the starters have just been fucking terrible together. Uh, I mean, just looking. I know again, it's it's early in the season. Some of these numbers are really noisy, but I mean, just like Vooch, Zach, and Demar, like all their on court net ratings are fucking terrible. The starting lineup, starting lineups have been terrible together, and Billy. I know they asked a media asked Billy about like, well, why don't you just start Caruso? And he's like, well, you know, he plays so hard and we kind of have like a soft minutes limit on him. He can't play more than like 30 minutes game. I mean, he basically hit that today. Like you said, I think what 31 minutes. So like, but I feel like you just kind of have to start. I feel like they just need to start him at this point. Probably. Right. Just like, just start your best, one of your best players and just figure out a way to whatever you limit him to 30 minutes somehow with your rotations like if you're an nba basketball head coach like you should be able to figure out how to limit a guy to 30 minutes a game as whatever as alex caruso is like figure it out just play him he's one of your best players start him at the start of the games against other teams best players because the way the starters have played you're getting into holes all the time uh and you're counting on like caruso to just drag the team out of out of the fucking depths back in the games if, if like if you really want to turn the season around Start one of your best players. I feel like that's, you got to do it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I was saying that from the preseason, Jason. We did multiple podcasts on multiple episodes on this podcast. Did. Me yeah. saying they should start Caruso. Uh, and starting Caruso is, to me, what they should do. But if they're not going to do that, they should start Javon Carter. Because I don't know what Javon Carter has to do to get more minutes. 13 so minutes far this season, to me, he has been unquestionably better than Kobe White. Kobe White entered this game playing nearly 32 minutes per game, and he played 37 minutes in this game. To me, the lowest hanging fruit for the Bulls is to cut back Kobe's minutes and to boost Javon Carter's minutes because Carter simply gives this team a lot of what they need. He gives them volume three-point shooting. He helps them in transition with his willingness to pull. And his on-ball defense is just ferocious. During yeah. the stints, you have him and Caruso oh, on the floor at the same time. That's how they got back in the game today, was those they, two guys, just like viciously full-court pressure. They are the mini Dobermans, Jason. <laughs> of, uh, you know, what Johnny Bach used to call yeah. and Pitt back in their early days. Uh, but no, like Javon Carter, he's very small, but he's a bulldog at the point of attack. And to have a second elite defender on the floor, you know, we saw this with Lonzo too. The Bulls were really good when they put two elite defenders on the floor. Uh, also, Javon Carter just has a good offensive skill set for what the team needs. They desperately need to get threes up. He can do that. He's not going to do much off the dribble. Right. He's not going to yeah. like do much playmaking he's basically a six foot one three and d wing uh so you know that's why he was available for 19 million dollars over three years over the offseason or 20 million whatever they paid him uh he's not a super highly paid player but he has a good skill set for what they need so to me lowest hanging fruit kobe he just hasn't been good enough this no. year. I think he's too small and too weak. He's a target on defense. The defense was number five last year. They start Kobe, and they entered this game at number 23 tonight. And then offensively, Kobe just doesn't move the needle enough to make up for what he takes off the floor defensively. Only averaging 12 points a game. Again, this is entering tonight. Shooting 29.5% from three, 39.1% from the field. Uh you know, like he had a nice game against the Jazz, and that was part of the reason the Bulls won that game. But tonight, you know, 11 points on 14 shots. And if the Bulls started and closed games with Carter, and to be clear, I actually want them to close games with Pat. And Pat was fucking terrible tonight. <laughs> uh, he, it was another like... Hey, he was really, a plus 18, but he was off. He was bad tonight. Like uh, defensively, he, he played he played a sound defensive game with like this bench unit that just like crushed yeah, it. Jason, Patrick Williams was really good defensively tonight. And part yeah. of the reason the Bulls got back in this game was because of his ability to uh, both guard the perimeter and give the Bulls some, some force inside defensively. But uh, he just has no idea how to score. Yeah, at, at this point, he's cooked offensively. He has no plan, yeah. and then he just freaks out and takes a mid-range jumper. Yeah, And so, like, the shots he's getting, even when he is being more aggressive, are just not good shots. Yeah. But I do think he's one of the team's best players, for sure. Like, uh, coming off the bench now for Torrey Craig, and I still think Pat makes the team a lot better, like, just because of what he provides defensively. And... Yeah, while his offensive development has been extremely disappointing, 
I still think, you know, he just gives you a little bit more size. He can still s- sort of shoot, yeah. sort of threaten the defense. So I would close with Pat. I would like to see them close with Caruso, Zach, DeMar, Pat, Vooch. Uh, and I think they should start Javon Carter and cut Kobe's minute. So that's my Billy coaching uh, advice corner. But, yeah, how are you feeling about Javon right now? And I guess where are you at with Pat these yeah, days? Yeah, I mean – 13 minutes for Javon Carter tonight is ridiculous. Like, why the fuck is he only playing? Is he playing 13 minutes in an overtime game? Why? That's ridiculous. He, I mean, he hasn't played over 20 minutes in a game this season. This was coming off. Javon had 12 points, four of eight threes. He got up eight threes in 17 minutes against the Jazz. He had 16. I know that they got smoked by the Nuggets, but 16 points, 18 minutes. He got up five threes against the Nuggets in that game. Uh, he has been on fire so far this month. He got off to a slow start, but he's starting to get up more threes. And that's what the Bulls need to do is get up more threes. And he's not playing. He hasn't played 20 minutes once this season. His season. I have minutes is 18 minutes. Like that is ridiculous. He is like, he is their pr- whatever golden jewel prized free agent signing. And he can't play more than 18 minutes in a game. Uh, and you're giving Kobe all these minutes. And like, like I said, I, th- I thought, Kobe, like I, I questioned whether he should be the starter coming into the season. He, I thought he maybe I think we'd argue that he earned the starting job with how he played in preseason, clearly how he played in camp. But like, why did Kobe White play 37 minutes tonight when he shot? Kobe had a few good stretches. Kobe in like the second quarter, the Bulls went down nine. Looked like they might get run off the court again. Kobe had like, like a stretch of like seven or eight points, I think, where like in the, at the end of the second quarter, kind of got them back in it. He also did make some really nice defensive plays down the stretch. Uh, getting into passing lanes, making some good rotations. But overall, again, that's the thing with Kobe. It's just like he makes, he has these stretches where he looks good. But overall, again, yeah, 11 points on 5 of 14 shooting, 1 of 5 from 3, it's just, it's just not good enough. He did have 7 rebounds, 6 assists, again, 3 steals. So, like, making his presence known in other places. But just, again, like, Kobe, we think of this guy as whatever. He's a 3-point shooter. He can do all this. But he's just not a good enough shooter. He's, like, just... He's not consistent enough shooting wise. And it's been that way, like his entire career. So like, there's no reason that Kobe should be playing 30 some minutes a game. And Javon Carter is only playing 15 minutes a game. That's got to even out a little bit. Um, like I'm fine playing Kobe decent minutes here. Uh, even if you do want to keep starting him, those numbers got to even out. Like again, Kobe is playing over 30 minutes a game for this year. And Javon Carter is averaging like 15. So Kobe's basically doubling Carter's minutes. That shit's got to get take, take five away from Kobe give five more to Javon Carter, get that a little more even. And I think I would that just makes flip sense. their minutes. I would just flip their minutes. I'd give Carter 31 minutes and Kobe 15. I mean, fair enough. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know if you have to get that drastic, but like, maybe it'll get there at some point, but uh, it is. Cr- I, I am shocked that like how the discrepancy there I'm, they brought, they made Car- Car- again. Carter was their like free agent signing. He was the guy they signed right away at the start of free agency. Uh, and like there was a competition coming into camp and somehow Kobe's playing double the minutes, even though like he has not been good to start the season. So it's like, even if he was good in training camp and all that, he is not playing well now. So like, why is Carter not getting more minutes? So like, we'd definitely like to see more Javon Carter, Patrick Williams at this point. I feel like we're, we, we are at a point where we just don't, I feel like we just need to not fret over him at this point anymore. He's just clearly not a good enough offensive player. And I just, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I mean, maybe he goes somewhere else and he like, it all, it fig- he figures it out. He's just not a good offensive player. Why he doesn't he have a bag. He does not have he a bag. Yeah. He never goes to the basket. And like, there were multiple times today where like he would, he got the ball and he's dribbled into like a 20 foot contested mid range shot terrible fucking shot and he just he does that all the time he never takes free throws his three-point percentage is going to come up he's a better shooter than what he's shown so far this year i'm not really that worried about that but in terms of just like a, in, in making like a legitimate leap offensively it just doesn't seem like it's there he just doesn't he his handle is not good enough he doesn't have a plan offensively uh he does he's not aggressive enough going to the basket it's just not there so like at this point i feel like we just we need to throw that. We need to throw it out. We can't expect it to happen for him. And if it does, great. Like I'm not going to like totally give up on it. But like, it's probably something we just need to stop talking about. That leap is not coming from Patrick Williams. He's averaging like six points a game or five points a game right now. He's just not a good offensive player. He's bad. It's year four. It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. He is a very good defensive player. 
off the bench, this like unit with you mentioned like Caruso, Carter, Pat off the bench, like that is a sick defensive bench unit. We saw the impact they had today, just just playing like full court defense, shutting down these opponent opposing bench units, uh, and like these short stretches of time against whatever teams when they don't have their starters out there, like that's really effective. And we've kind of seen that happen. Like that happened against, uh, I mean, the jazz too. We saw like the, the, the bulls did not start great against the jazz. They were, they were down a little bit. The bench comes in and they kind of take over the game with like Zach out there with Pat out there with Caruso and all that. So like that, that that's a pretty sick bench unit. So like, I, I like Pat still coming off the bench. Um, but I think like the whole thing about, whatever we need to get Pat more on ball reps. He needs to get more chances. Like, I, would I like to see see it still a little more? Sure, but like, it just doesn't seem like he's got it. <laughs> that he uh, he he doesn't have the juice again. Like I mentioned, like Bradley Beal didn't have the juice early. Obviously, Bradley Beal is a star player, but it does not seem like Pat's got the offensive juice again. Maybe it comes at some point, but he's been a bad, bad, bad offensive player to start the years. But valuable player still, sure. Because again, I think with so many, because he's been so bad offensive where people are like, oh, he's unplayable. Blah, 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 blah. He's not unplayable. Like he can play defense. He's a very good defensive player. You can still use him in this bench role, but can he play big minutes? At this point, it's he struggles to fit in with whatever the mid three, even off the bench. Like, I mean, I feel like we're like making big deal. Like, I think with the Nets game, I think like Pat had a few nice moves. He had like 10 points and three rebounds. And it's like, oh, Pat had this great game off the bench. He had 10 points and three rebounds. Like, that's just kind of like what Pat's been. So, like, at some point it is what it is. Like again, maybe at maybe at some point in his career he turns into something else. But I think right now the expectations just need to be lowered. This is seems like what the guy what he is is just a really good defensive player. There might be some nights where he gets hot with his shot, but he just doesn't have the bag right now. And he doesn't have just like the the guile to score. He doesn't have the aggressiveness to get to the paint or get to the rim and, and draw fouls and finish. It's just not there. Like we saw, him, we there was one like one nice play where he had a cut, uh, but I think I think it's still, I think he caught it and he still like got knocked off his knee or something like that. It's just it's still just the flashes. There's he just can't put it all together offensively, and it's kind of a it's just a bummer. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I, yeah, I mean, I still think that he's a valuable member of the team, despite yeah. the fact that he's definitely, he just hasn't grown offensively. Yeah. It's not there. There's so much low hanging fruit for him to get better uh, in terms of like getting to the foul line or being a better offensive rebounder or, you know, just like figuring out some reliable path to score at the basket. But I still think he's a useful player for the team. And I'm telling you, I think you should close, like just get some more size on the floor, get some more defense and have like a defensive identity uh might be the best thing for this team if they're going to keep this team together personally jason i think this team totally sucks and <laughs> needs to get blown up like they're just not good they're not gonna be good ricky did, were you not were you not moved seventh, were you not moved by the 130 point performance against the two and seven utah jazz you didn't think the yeah, Bulls were team. back after beating a team that starts tailing horton tucker at point guard you weren't really yeah. feeling that no. And uh yeah, I kind of think the Bulls just got to take their medicine, man. They don't want to rebuild. And I have a clip saved on my computer of Karnaschovas from the press conference. I'll tweet it at some point. But he really does not sound like a guy who wants to rebuild in this clip. He's basically like, yeah, no, well, he this doesn't... isn't a market that will let you yeah. have, a, have a bad year is basically what he said. 
which I don't think that's true, but I certainly believe that with the Reinsdorf's as owners, the Bulls do not want to be really bad. And I don't necessarily love the idea of just like tanking to maximize your own pick, but I kind of feel like they have no other move, uh, at least for a little bit. And, you know, you could use your cap space to take on the next Jordan Poole, who, you know, is going to be traded and a team wants to get rid of him. Uh, you could use your cap space to get involved in uh, other moves, you know, by trading off other players. You know, similar to what the Wizards did with Tyus Jones. I'm not, like, totally clamoring for the Bulls to go the full blowed up Wizard style, but... I don't know, Jace, this team's going nowhere. I think that they should break up the big three. I think they probably owe it to Caruso to trade him. And what's the ceiling here? Like, if they keep this team together, they're going to win 36 games. So you can't do that. They're too old. Your flexibility is already limited going forward. You have to just realize that you built a shitty team. You didn't do enough to improve it. And they don't really deserve the chance to stay together. Till the trade deadline. And do I think Karnaschovas is going to blow it up by the trade deadline? No, because he never does anything on the trade deadline. So I think he'll be too late in making these important moves that he has to make. And the Bulls' future will be worse off for it. But through what what's this been? Seven games? This is they are three and six, nine games. Nine games, sorry. Nine games. Uh through nine games, they're just obviously not a good team. And I want to bring something else up as well. Through nine games, I, I tweeted this earlier today as well. The Bulls have, all, again, gotten very good injury luck. The, their yeah. entire top nine of the rotation has not missed any time. No games missed. I missed two games. The rest of their top, top nine of the rotation has played every game. We see across the league. I mean, Devin Booker has missed how much time? Bradley Beal has missed so much time. You look across the league, and there's the key guys missing games all the time. The Bulls have been like almost totally intact this entire season already, which happened last year, too. Obviously, we throw Lonzo Ball out. Last year, though, again, yeah, Vooch played every game. Patrick Williams played every game. Zach and DeMar played almost every game. And yet, even still, they were still mediocre. And this is starting again. They have played nine, they're three and six in nine games, despite the top nine in the rotation not missing any time. Which is a bad sign. So what happens? What happens if Alex Caruso goes out? What when he gets his yearly injury? What happens when he gets hurt? What happens if even one other like main guy goes down? Like they're probably fucked because you have to play Dale and Terry or Julian Phillips. You're screwed. Those guys can't play at all. So like uh, the fact that they're three and six with the net rating that they have with all their guys playing this much is a, a brutal sign. Uh, it's not good. So yeah. <laughs> This team stinks. Blow it up. Like, I do want to bring up to wrap up here, like Damar and Zach. Damar was six of 20 tonight. Just like Damar is, he clearly, I I don't want to say he's clearly lost up because there are times where like Damar still pulls his magic. He had a few really sick buckets. Uh, He was struggling shooting tonight, but got to the line like a good amount. Uh, So, like, they still have their moments, but like, it does seem like Damar has lost a bit of a step. Uh, So, like, he's shooting. Now, after tonight, I think he's like 44, 43%. Like, if DeMar goes from 50% shooting to 45% shooting on the season, like, that's a huge dip. That's a major, that's a significant dip for him. And then Zach has been just like a mess to start the season. He played better against the Jazz. He did have, I think, what, yeah. seven or eight assists tonight. He, his playmaking looked better tonight. I thought he's played a little more unselfishly, but like, uh, the Nets game, I mean, Zach was awful down the stretch and there was that whole, uh, like with the, he was asked about his defensive miscues and he like really took offense to like getting called out for that. Darnell Mayberry at the athletic kind of wrote a scathing article about Zach's crunch time woes. And he just, again, was not happy about it. And then he came out in that nuggets game and it was just like an absolute fucking no show, just an absolute joke. And it's like, this guy's playing like he wants to ask out, like he's ready to ask out comes back, played a pretty good game against the jazz. And then tonight, like he had 15 in the third quarter then he had zero points in the fourth, zero points in overtime. He had multiple drives were just driving into traffic, losing the ball. And it's just like, Zach, I, mean, I know we talked about this in our chat that we had. Like, Ricky, you you said Zach Levine could start the All-Star game this year. Like, Zach Levine, all-NBA player. Sorry, I'm putting, I'm, I'm calling you out on this, but like, 
I, I mean, I thought he was going to be good too. Like he looked good in preseason. I know his shooting percentages weren't that great, but like he just looked like he was ready to have a big season. And he's been awful. Just like the the just the the team play awful. His shooting has not been good. Uh, just like the the his quotes have not been good. I mean, Zach uh, seems like a guy who's going to ask for a trade this year if things do not go well. And like again, if that happens, like fine. At this point, blow it up. If that that might just like sell like. If the bull, this front office doesn't want to make any trades, maybe Zach will accelerate it by asking for one. Um, so yeah, I'll, th- I'll ask this to you as we finish up here. Do you think Zach Levine asked for a trade this year? Uh, no, probably not, but I'm sure he wants okay. to get traded. He has just been terrible this year. Uh, you just look at his numbers, you know, his scoring has slipped from like 24.8 to 22.5. His two-point shooting has fallen from 55% to 47%. His three-point shooting has fallen from 37.5 to 32.2. And just like really his assists are, you know, cut in half. His defense has looked worse than ever. So, yeah, Levine has been brutal. Uh, thank you, Zach, for making my belief in you preseason look incredibly embarrassing so bad prediction on my part (laughs) i'm sorry for believing in zach levine that was a mistake i screwed up uh yeah it seems like uh his heart in his head is not really in it anymore and it's probably not a mistake when the team tried to trade him the entire offseason but just couldn't pull the trigger so I think at this point, Zach has realized that the Bulls suck. Yeah. Zach has realized that he probably isn't ever going to be the best player on a high-level team. And yeah, I think he would probably love to go somewhere else. He's 28 years old, turns 29 uh, before the playoffs this year. So this is it for Zach Levine. These are his prime years. And he's seen so many of his contemporaries just ascend so much further uh above him by you know not being the leading man on a team and there is i guess maybe i'm just a sucker but there is part of me that still thinks that could be pretty good in the right situation next to a legitimate superstar town put him on the sixers with them beat i think that could look pretty good but would the zach maxi backcourt be too small defensively maybe so like he does pose problems on that end too but uh anyways he's having a brutal year DeMar's also lost a step. Vooch was never that good in the first place. And, you know, like I said, this team's got to blow it up. So <laughs> whether Zach asked for a trade or not, the Bulls should be definitely down to accept a good package for him. You know, I still don't love the idea of, like, I feel like if they took a bad package for him, that would just make the situation worse. I agree. Like, that's that's the problem. So, is, it just seems like no one wants to trade anything good for him so it's like what do you do there that's like the problem with all these guys it's like again crusoe is probably getting you like the most value out of a package at this point uh because like no one's gonna give you that much for vooch no one's gonna give you that much for tomorrow like at this point it seems like the zach market is just not great for like what you'd want to be i don't for- think anyone would take Vooch with on um, the first year of a three-year 60 million dollar deal and like I mean, vooch has been fine like you look at his numbers like they're pretty good like He's still productive, but like, I just like don't, I don't know, like he's sh- he's having another like good shooting season. I think he's already. I think t- like today he had a big game. He's up to probably like fifty percent shooting. Uh, so like he he except he won't shoot threes anymore, and he's really cut down there. It's like we're just still like again like double double machine. He's gonna get you the, get your numbers. Uh, but it's like, yeah, but but he's 33, 34, can't really defend, and he's on a 30, 60 million guaranteed deal. So it's like, yeah, who's really giving you value for that? Probably nobody. Damar, the Bulls probably should have sold high on him last year. They didn't. So, like, what are you getting for an expiring Damar? I don't know. And then with Zach, it just seems like whatever. His name, his name has been in rumors. You hear your name in rumors enough, and it's just like, fuck these guys, I'm out. And that's kind of how Zach's been playing. But if you're going to play like that and you're going to play like shit, you're not helping your trade trade package. And like, and if you want to go somewhere else, like, do you want the team you're going to to give up that much for you? No. So like, so yeah. So like, they can try to make they can try to blow it up. But the, an issue there is just like, what are you getting back? And 
I get, I get part of the value of blowing it up is tanking. So like the, the argument could be we just, the bulls need to go in the bag for Cooper flag. I was trying to think of some word to rhyme for Cooper flag next. Obviously he's not this year, but next year. Uh, but like at some point, if the bulls are going to suck that much, like you keep your eye on those, like what I don't know, like this year, I don't know who's going to be that good this year. Alex, I'm not a draft guy. Is it what I was sorry, baby? Sorry. Is Isaiah Collier going to be a top pick this year from USC? Isaiah Collier looks pretty good. Uh, and then like next year, you good. got again Cooper Flag. The boo are the boozers are the boozers two years from now? Yeah. Or like past the year after Cooper Flag. So like, yeah. okay. Uh, so yeah, Jace. And you know, the Bulls have an incentive to do it because yeah. Their 2025 pick is owed to the Spurs top 10 protected. So if the Bulls want to rebuild for this year and next year and try to get some young talent on the team, this is a perfect opportunity to do that. I think they should do it. This team obviously stinks. They're not good. So a good team would have won that game tonight. A good team would have beaten the Nets Nets on Friday. The Bulls are not a good team. We can say that definitively. And this mix just doesn't work together. Billy Donovan's not the right coach for the group. This group doesn't fit. So I think, you know, they should fire Donovan probably and just, you know, tear it all down, man. That's kind of what I think right now. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've been skeptical that they'll actually do it. I feel like they have enough talent where they win enough games where they won't do it, especially in Eastern Conference that is just like not looking strong. I guess I'm at the top. Sixers look good. The Bucks yeah. are five and two, despite looking like sh- the Bucks are five and two with a minus two point three point differential. The Celtics have lost two in a row, but I mean, we know how good they are. I mean, and then, but then like the rest of it after it is like such garbage that it's like that. I think it's going to be garbage enough where the Bulls might be able to stay in it enough. That's why like I don't think they're going to blow it up because like you got your top three of Mo- Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, right now, and like the Pacers are five and three. The Bulls beat the Pacers, the Hawks. Magic are the sixth seed right now. Brooklyn is four and four. The Raptors are four and four. The Knicks are four and four. The Heat are four and four. The Cavs are three and five. Like there's all these teams that are just fucking been kind of ass so far. And it's like, I feel like it it could I could see it just kind of sticking like that. And the Bulls just like winning just enough games. Oh, sorry, I was watching the end of Nuggets Warriors here. What a sloppy ending. Uh, that the Bulls will stay in it just enough for this front office to just be like, eh, eh, we're fine, blah, blah, blah. And, but as we've talked about, they probably should look to make some changes. But um, anyways, I guess we can look ahead here to finish up. Uh, the Bulls don't play again until Sunday. They've got, what is that, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, three days off. And then they play again at home against Detroit. They've already lost to the Pistons this year, but the Pistons also like half their roster is now injured. So like that's a game you like have to win. If the Bulls lose to the Pistons on Sunday at home, like maybe they really should like blow it up literally after that game. But they got a doubleheader or a, not doubleheader back to back. They play at home against uh, against Detroit on Sunday. Then I believe I, they play Milwaukee. They go up to Milwaukee then. Uh, and then they like the schedule coming up is super weird. So you got home Pistons on Sunday at Milwaukee Monday. And then you got two games at home against Orlando, not back to back. So you got Wednesday, Friday, Orlando, and then two games again, not back to back, but two games at home against the heat. So you got basically four games in a row where it's two magic two heat all at home. So like, uh, and the magic and the heat again, two mediocre teams right now, like, theoretically all these home games the bulls could maybe make a little push i just assume they're going to split them and be mid and go like two and two on them and then after that they have like a pretty long road trip that gets really tough where they play okc toronto brooklyn boston they play the bucks again they play the pelicans they go to milwaukee again they play denver again then they go twice to miami so like coming up the schedule gets pretty brutal after this so like if they actually want to get back and like maybe make I'm not going to say make any noise. Like if they want to not have a totally embarrassing season, like you probably have to win a bunch of these home games that they have coming up here. Will they? The The assumption here is no. Uh, the magic have shown that yeah. they can be pretty good at times. They've also are still kind of struggling offensively. Uh, they don't still whatever at point guard. They're still like not totally settled there. The heat have been pretty stinky. Their offense sucks there. We know they're not like a serious regular season team. So like maybe the bulls can go on a little run here. The best bet, though, is that they won't. They'll still kind of just stumble along. Uh, and then if they can't make a move, they have a really tough schedule after that. 
And maybe they'll actually go into the tank and they will trade everybody. We'll see. But I don't know, man. Do you have anything else? We should probably wrap it up. There are so many road games on the schedule after yeah. basically November 20th. From like November 22nd until just before Christmas, Christmas yeah. December 18th. They're like spending almost a month on the road. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a couple home games sprinkled in there, but it's a lot of road games. But it's there. also home games against Milwaukee and New Orleans, which is and Denver, like games they'll probably lose <laughs> at home. It's not. It is not. It's not looking good. It's tough. The schedule coming upcoming stuff. So if they don't make like any hay during this home stretch, they are fucked, and they probably should blow it. I mean, we think they should probably blow it up anyways, but like. If they, especially if they don't make any movement here, this long stretch of home games, like that's probably that's a wrap. Uh, so we'll see what they do. Uh, like I said, I still think they'll probably be competitive enough to kind of hang around, but like, I, I mean, they'll probably just, just be competitive enough, like just like they've been. They were competitive today. They still lost. They were competitive against the Nets. They still lost. Even these games they should have won, they still lost. Like the, there's only been a couple games, the Raptors game that they pulled out of their ass. They shouldn't have won that game. That was a total fluke game. The Pacers game was a legit nice win. The Pacers have played really well this year. The Bulls got a little lucky because the Pacers off ridiculous offense missed some shots that game. But uh, and then you beat the terrible Jazz, who are fucking terrible. So like the Bulls just haven't been able to hang their head on basically anything this season. Nothing has been that consistent. Uh, they haven't consistently played well. So it's like whatever. You're three and six. You have all your guys have been mostly healthy. It's just not good. And that's kind of just where we are right now, which is, I did not think they would be at this. I did not think they'd be three and six after nine games, but uh, they deserve to be three and six. And that's kind of just where we are. So I think that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cast Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Hour Network as we are. Getting into the NBA season. We are almost 10 games in. Uh, tons of great content, NBA content all across the Blue Wire Network. Um, for us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those fun places. Please follow me on the place formerly known as Twitter, if you want to call it X. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Follow Ricky at Espion underscore Ricky. Go check out all his work at espionation.com. Please check out clutchpoints.com as well for NBA coverage and all your other sports coverage. So, Bulls lose 116 115 overtime. They're three and six. They got a few days off after this before they played the Pistons and the Bucks coming up uh, to start next week. We'll see how that goes. But uh, it's going to do it for us here on this episode. We will talk to you guys probably sometime next week after the next couple games. Talk to you later. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.